everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome. It's episode 33 uh, of season six and it's hard to believe. This only came into my head the other day. The, 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 the league is actually running to an end and we have a long winter of waiting for its return. It starts and it finishes. Have we a title race? Maybe we have, maybe we don't. It's uh, Johnny Ward with Dan McDonald. On tonight's today's show, or other, we have Gary Cronin coming in, the Longford manager. He's preparing for the playoffs, and I imagine he'll have an interesting few views on what's going on in the Premier Division. And Colin Healy has joined us on Skype. Uh, we're going to congratulate Colin somewhat with gritted teeth, from my perspective, on Cork City winning the title, despite the fact that they're kind of wobbling away over the last six to eight weeks. They, their main rivals just haven't been able to do anything about it. We've had a lot of things happen since we were last on. Uh, Shamrock Rovers went over to Malda and were well beaten, uh, but came from a very, very tough position then to beat Shells uh, in a cracking, cracking uh, game of drama anyway on Sunday and we've loads more to talk about as well including uh, Ireland's future woes. Dan, what is going on? Oh, we're What's not discussing on? Ireland's future woes. Uh, we're not, we won't, we won't talk about that? that. We won't even talk about that. I yet. don't know, we're not talking about that here. No. Yeah, no. Despondent about your job Frankfurt. again for the next well, future. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've certainly had a good news week going from Mulder to Frankfurt. <laughs> you know, it's good, to have, it's, good, it's good to have Dan on the road again reporting some good news stories. You get to Mulder, you see the team, and you're like, well, we've been had. And then... Um, and then Great you, song by the Walkman, and then, we've been had. <laughs> and then Frankfurt, you see the draw, it's like, we've been had, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, so it, it wasn't, it hasn't, hasn't been ideal. Your carbon um, footprint's been pretty bad. I've, I've been apologising to you mm. consistently. I think I had nine flights in nine days, I realised there. So, um, My girlfriend reminded me, days. I haven't been great this year either. If oh, I know. The flights, not great at all. I mean, all, so. I, I've, always, I've always considered you principled. To a point. If potentially hypocritical. Oh yeah, I'd agree. That would yeah. be... But We're addicted to fossil fuels, Dan, and it's hard to get we ourselves off that. We need to get places. Um, you see, like you see, you appreciate the, the wonder of the world, but then you want to go and see it. I'm like that's yeah, that, that's actually your that's, problem. That's a problem. Um, there wasn't much wonderful about last Thursday night. No, it wasn't. And I mean, we we've had this debate um, on other and off the ball. If people <laughs> want to go back, we can have the full one. I feel like a lot has happened since then um, in in the league in particular. Um, Ah, it's just one of those. Like, I understand why they did it. I completely do. Like, if, if Shamrock Rovers have a respectable performance in the group stages this year, but don't win the league, it's a bad year because it sets back their the inverted commas project, which is often mocked, but there is a bit of a plan within it. And it's about winning the league every year and getting back to the conference league every year. But it's it's just so businesslike. It's, it's, it's like, as I, I wrote about it, it's pragmatic, it's not romantic. And that's sort of what it is. It's like, you get to these games, you want to have a go. Um, there's no scenario you could have imagined at the start of the year that Shamrock Rovers play a group stage game and they'd bench Jack Byrne, Dylan Watts, uh, Graham Burke and Rory Gaffney. And you're you're there and I go to be talking to the local Molda journalist the day before and like I love these group stage games because there's a real sort of sense of a bit more respect. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. tell us about your team. And they were very conscious in Molda, to be fair, that Rovers had a big game and we've been chatting to the locals before and we reckoned to be honest, I thought there would be a big gun bench. You know, I, I thought maybe Byrne and Watts wouldn't play. They'd try and be harder to beat. Um, so they, they, one of them wouldn't play. They'd linked up brilliantly in Sligo the previous and, and Burke. So I, I knew there'd be a, a, a there'd be actions with Sunday in mind, but I just didn't think it would be that drastic that all of them would be gone. And I mean, Bradley did say that the plan was to get to the hour, uh, you know, as close as possible and then make the changes. They conceded those two goals after half time, and that was it. But it was pretty grim, like, wasn't it? Like, five minutes into the game, you're, you're like, 
like I've sold this as an you're selling this as an event and, and the problem is with this like a, a slightly underwhelming group stage run and this no one really cares about the, the media viewing it but I suppose you want to cover these games like you know like proper events I feel like this group stage run this year the away games is just killing the idea of travelling and, and building these games up as consequence of events of consequence uh, and the situation where a club is it's clearly their second priority is just like if Robert's going to next year which I mean listen I think they'll win the league and I know it's not it's not a popular view elsewhere, but I always want all of the Irish clubs to do as well as they possibly can. So next year, if they're in the the, the Europe, I'd love them to get to the group stages again. But if you get to it, can you really make this fanfare about these are going to be the games that these players have been dreaming about their whole lives when the previous year they've they've effectively written off um, some of them? Um, that's that's a little bit annoying. But in saying that, like that's I think there's you're letting your own emotion cloud your opinion of that too um and people are paid to do a job that uh, when the fanfare goes away it's great to get everyone's you know uh, everyone to, to capture the imagination of people you know and get them interested in what you're doing um but come january like you're back to who you are and if you're not if you're starting the season not in the champions league you're you have your memories but, that, but that's it. I I, I just don't know. Sean McGrover's board uh, wouldn't look very favourably on the fact that oh we'd we did a nice couple of performances in Europe. We didn't win the league. Um, no, that's the, that Rory is the Gaffney scores in the ninety sixth minute. Maybe the end justifies means. If they'd lost, the imagine if they'd lost the Shells game. It would have uh, been the worst week of all time. You know, in the sense that you've 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 sacrificed this and for what? But does the fact they kept going late and late and late in difficult conditions justify? I mean, could could they have mustered up that effort if they'd? If if some of those players had played seventy five minutes in in Norway on the Thursday, you, you can you can debate that. A couple of people I spoke to since, and th- there is there is a kind of a one other way of looking at it. In that, um, if you look at the big guns, he didn't play. Dylan Watts has struggled in Europe, full stop. Um, he's struggled in in the big games physically. Uh, Jack Byrne has been struggling of late, not not playing as well. Graham Burks had injuries. So there's a case to be made. Do you want to play them in an AstroTurf pitch um, with a game on, on the, uh, the, the... The Gaffney one was the one that I, I couldn't agree with because I think Amaku was just... He was like a fish out of water at that level with the experience he's had this season. Um, but they still had decent players on the pitch that should have maybe been a little bit better. Yeah, you know? I, 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 I do actually understand that point about the Astro. And I do... And I, I actually can see what their game plan was. Like, they did do something different to Ghent in the sense of let's mm. be hard to beat. Now, the thing is just... The execution of the defending generally just hasn't been good in Europe too. Like they've they can see opens. bad goals. I don't opens. think it's as simple as just saying they've missed but people But they have missed them. They've missed his organisation and I don't think they'd be given, they'd be coughing up the amount of goals. Uh, listen, I'm a big fan of Pico Lopez but I just think it's very easy to say oh, it's just missing that one player. No, I think not, it's, I'm not it's been it's been, bro- it's been broader than that. Like the, and, and the fact is like they just couldn't even hold on to the ball in, in, in all, at any stage. So I think the problems did start further up the park. Mm. So then you're just, you're getting waves of pressure. Like, uh, you know, should I say someone like Sean Cavanagh is probably in there because he's quite comfortable on the ball and he's defensively minded. But um, if your front two players are taken out of the game, th- then you've got players running off you. And like, I come back to that Ludogorets game. I know I went through the age profile of the squad at that stage, but definitely mm. there's a case that their squad probably does need a little bit of freshening up. They're still reliant on, say, Aaron Green in a lot of these European games, who's what, in his 30s. And then Immaculate, unfortunately, just seems to have struggled when he started games. That they just don't have they actually don't they have a squad depth to win a league but they don't have the squad depth 
to really be able to mix it up in Europe and, and, and that profile of players to, to relieve pressure against you like the Farage Farris game like when you when they come up against strong comfortable defenders who can manage their threats well then you end up spending the entirety of the game in your own half yeah. and like I know, I know the point about Burn and Watts and, and so on like you still would think that at times you know the they, they, you need someone to sort of receive the ball and, and, and alleviate some pressure. But, like, I mean, in, in Rory Gaffney, I mean, Rory Gaffney has basically said it himself. Uh, he's, I mean, he's basically said it himself that Rovers don't have the attacking players that their defenders can maybe manage, but the attacking boys, they don't. Now, Gaffney could be the player of the year in the, in the league this year. Mm. And he's saying the Rovers attackers maybe st- would struggle to, to, to hurt teams in Europe. So, Well, you see when Gaffney yeah. often gets the ball as well, there's such a gap between him and the struggling players to support him that... Um, it's been, he came on and did quite well but you're immediately like Gaffney faces a hopeless task here um, it was one of the things that happened over the last few days and Sean McGovern's had to dust themselves down and um, I was talking to uh, a couple of people Sunday I was in Harlow's Cross I was like if ever there's a day Rovers don't be chill the weather is terrible here it's absolutely terrible this is going to be a war six minutes to go they're 2-1 down and you're like wow what's going to happen here and they pulled it out of the fire this is why they're champion stuff. I mean, mm. it is one of those. But in, in saying that, like their next two games, they draw it away on Sunday. I see Stephen Bradley saying he might approach the mole the home game a bit differently this week as though there's no travel. So I think you might see a stronger team. Um, but draw is a place they've struggled this year. I mean, they've lost there in the cup. They could have lost there. Drogs uh, fresh from beating bows. And draw are in, are in good heart. And then the following week, they play Pats at home and mm. Pats are flying. I mean, Pats were probably the other, the other injury time goal of the weekend was, was Pats. Um, who, like... Clearly, Rovers are better than Pats, right? But I don't think they're better than Derry. But funnily enough, um, in Europe, like Pats, you know, they had Owen Doyle, and then they sort of Atakai or um, you know, Hetty would even use maybe Forrester or or Billy King or Break. They actually like in the European games, maybe just honing in on Sophia a bit, but even. In Tala against Sofia, they, they they had a sort of a style for not having the ball that made them quite effective in Europe. And I think they're quite a dangerous team uh, for mm-hmm. Rovers to face. Rovers would probably have a lot of the ball, and Pats are, are quite good. But well, look at the goal they got in terms of the strike. game on Friday. They just have they have attributes. Um, they, they, they need a lot of credit for this because obviously presumably Barry Cotter can't play against Rovers on the terms of alone. I'm I'm saying that without it's very unusual. I can't imagine Rovers would leave them vulnerable to that. Um, yeah, that's he's someone who's point. done well for them. But, um, but um, the, the goal, the goal that they got, obviously, um, Sam Curtis winning the ball back like uh, the monster that he is. But then playing that ball to Cotter, and as Tim Clancy said afterwards, your holding midfielder is there to actually tip it in at the end after Tunde did very well in the build up. Um, and the Pats fans enjoyed that. Uh, they did. They, I mean, I mean, Dundalk, Dundalk didn't really need to win that game. And you think about mm. it, they left themselves very exposed. Like the, the, like Ben McCormick, the space he had. I mean, Slogger had gone off through injury. I think Benson had gone in and then dropped back a bit deeper. Mm. And you're sort of looking at that goal. Like the, the Dundalk midfielders were almost at the edge of the box. And they were exposed to that. So from their perspective, a terrible goal to concede from Pat's a brilliant goal to score. Um, yeah, the scenes. I mean, you love those crowd scenes, don't you? Uh, totally. I mean, even the away end in Oriel was meant to look somewhat joyful, <laughs> which is hard. You had three or four <laughs> lads in the toilet behind the goal um, racing out. Um, were they all in the toilet together? They, they, well, I mean, you saw some lad like shouting in the toilet going, lads! And yeah. then all of a sudden, three lads just came flying out of nowhere. So, I mean... I mean, they're, uh, I, they're all in a very similar, uh, similar sort of um, 
wavelengths. Yeah, yeah. The metabolism is sort of uh, things are things are happening at the same time. Um, but but anyway, uh, I mean, like it just looked like it looked like paths were. Uh, if ever there were a way in, we get up to no, no good. Um, it just looked like paths were paths were done, and I I found it a really enjoyable game on the stream. I thought the, I mean, I slag off the sometimes we're negative about LOI TV. I thought the coverage was was quite good, you and know. The and, good. Um, and it, it captured a sense of drama. It was, I thought the knock actually, who've been pretty poor lately, thought played quite well in the first half. Mm. Um, but in the second half, Pats had that desperation of a team that needs to win. And they were good. They were definitely good. So it's time for the mailbag, I think. Um, yeah. Is it time to move on to the mailbag? Okay, it is time let's move the to the mailbag. Yeah, we've a lot to talk about. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. In the interjection, Delboy just telling us he's off to Paris to see Bob Dylan in a, an intimate gig. That's a lot cooler than what I'll be doing. Still debating whether to go to. And I'll be in. I'll be in Inchy Core Friday for the latest instalment. The Pats fans were onto us down in the mailbag about. I think uh, a couple of them, Dodge included, acknowledging their big away sport. I think Pats have a spillover from the Cup final last year, where. They just seem to have be, even when they weren't. They were sort of some the the, the Derry game this season when they lost four 0 at home. I remember I was like the, the Pats fans are really they're just buying into this, and it was a bad night. But there's been a great atmosphere anytime in score. Massive crowd in the dock. They just sold like what, six seven hundred tickets, something like that. Yeah, no, they've, they've done brilliant community work at Pats, but they don't necessarily look for credit for. It. In fact, they don't. They actively don't want uh, coverage for it. Um, but I, I think they also use the cup final to sort of reconnect. And that's the thing. We have yeah. cup semifinals this weekend. Um, and I, from a Dublin point of view, I think Shells, if they were to get into the final and beat Waterford, they should look at what Pats did and, and sort mm. of use it as an absolute, like, you know, throw around whatever you can around the sort of Rohini, Artane, sort of uh, Beaumont. Whitehall, Beaumont. Mm. Yeah, of course. Um, take some tickets in the door. Um, you know, where, wherever you want to go. Um, I, I think they because Pats have definitely done that it's like they won the cup but uh, which maybe that helped but I don't think it did I think it was more they, they put themselves back on the map because in the early years of this podcast we probably would have complained about Pats in mm. Dublin 8 and how they were doing nothing because we were we were both living there at the time uh, Lil Jaxi is there a clear strategy in Bohemian search for a new manager this took you a long time to mention this uh, well it didn't get a chance um, I had to break a story yesterday just to take the heat off you because there's so much going on <laughs> that, was, that was the nice way of dropping in that you broke a story uh, Sam Curtis yeah, yeah. well obviously that, that doesn't happen now you clearly didn't know what was going on uh, because as you know Johnny in every in every negotiation or every manager hunt uh, if you say something might happen it, it has to happen or else it never happened you at also all. said my understanding is so I mean your language was a little bit uh, couched and nuanced as it should be they, they, well, yeah, during COVID, like I, I, I was breaking stories, so to speak, on when racing may or may not be coming back. I fell out with people in racing over that because what I what I said turned out to be wrong, even though it was on good information. And people were like saying, "You're destroying the racing industry here," and it's like. It's a dangerous game, journalism at times. Yeah, well, listen, okay, you're speaking as so everyone, everyone here is listening, knows exactly what oh, we're talking do. about here. Um, <laughs> do they? So, well, the, the, the Bose manager hunt, I mean, I, I don't know where to... Is where this to, the first time you've explained what happened and didn't happen? I mean, well, it was a mad weekend for you. You were in Frankfurt. Like, Johnny, like, you're Mulder. making it out to be a bigger thing than it is. Ah, right? it's huge. Uh, you're making it out to be a much bigger thing than it is. Huge. In fact, that, that's which is almost proving my point in some respects. Um, first of all, right, is there a clear strategy in Bohemian search for a new manager? Um, 
I think what's happened with Bose, and we probably touched upon this last week, and I don't think anyone... We'll talk about it with Gary Cronin as well, who I think is intrigued by Could you let me just well. finish a sentence without interrupting? Um, I think what, like, what, is, what is happening is that, and I, I feel there might, might be the only club that's experienced this um, in recent times, that probably when Keith Long left, and I would have spoken about others, you, there was huge interest in the Bose job, but when push came to shove, I think the, the list of candidates that came forward wouldn't have been the caliber of what they might have anticipated. I think that is, I think in the passing of time, if people got to speak to people involved around this, I think they would admit that. Um, and it's created a situation where um, you have a structure at that club there where there's obviously a board, then there's a subcommittee of three who've been sort of handling the process on behalf of the board, but they are all club supporters. Mm. They're all sort of, um, you know, volunteers. Um, I will say there's been a lot of stuff coming out around the Bose job. And I actually feel some sympathy for Bose because there's people are jumping to conclusions about all sorts of stories and stuff. And this suggestion has been massive leaking going on from Bose. It's not actually the case. I will say that. I can't, can't really say where like sources and stuff come from, um, but it's not that Bose have been a leaky club. It's It's... You know the, the the nature of the thing is that they've they've had a lot of candidates in the mix, none of whom at times have been ahead of the other, and probably like, stuff happens because other candidates are trying to figure out what's going on, and this is generally how a lot of you know stuff filters out into into the into the domain because there's been a question of what are actually Bo's doing here, and, and people have been left in the dark and in limbo at times who've put themselves in for the job, who've interviewed for the job, and they don't know even where they stand. Um, but the Bose process is almost like so, almost so democratic. It's like completely um, open to sort of emotion really coming into it because it is supporters involved. And as you see, with every name that's come out for the Bose job that's been in the mix, like fans have been almost split on them. Like there's been no, um, and this is fans making the decision. Like you know, I know it's people who've taken on positions, but like. They're, they're, they're accessible fans like so we, you know you hear about like sort of certain candidates being in the mix and you have board members people going up to them saying don't go near this candidate and they're trying to point to the city you have to almost coldly make that decision but I don't think the process has has been that smooth now let's move on to what's happened in the last week um, so you have that subcommittee of the board which is a smaller subcommittee who have been doing the talking to people interviewing um, making recommendations which then goes to a wider board the whole board had agreed that Alan Reynolds would be the man to take the job. They'd had discussions with Alan Reynolds. He then turned him down, which they were not expecting. They then go back to the the, the list of alternative candidates, um, and they they focused in on Ian Ryan. Uh, and I would say they. I mean, I think it would have been the the subcommittee would have would have been Ian Ryan would have been. Um, the one that they were then leaning towards. Other candidates who were in the mix were told last Thursday they didn't have the job and they would have been the other main candidates. Ian Ryan was still very much in the game to the point where, you know, I think he was very much thinking this was going to happen. Um, but they still needed to obviously get that beyond the full board. And I think the wider Bowes board, from my understanding, again, as I said, there would have been uh, some doubts um, there that existed. Um, so I got to Saturday then, when of course I dramatically announced um, that Ian Rhines had pulled out of the process uh, on what well, that was like Saturday lunchtime when I was walking down a train platform in in Frankfurt. This sounds, yeah. Now, um, <laughs> so look, I can't. It's, word, it's, this it's, is it's, best you can, Dan. Yeah, but I, I think. All right, so basically, I think that was a tactic. 
um, that I, I probably, uh, I think it clearly stalled from the perspective of um, Ian Ryan's position. I think there, that Bowes would have been in contact um, with Ian Ryan across Wednesday, you know, seriously Thursday, and then not naturally, I think it went a bit quiet. And I think people would have been wondering where they stood, you know, what's going on with Bowes, you know, have they turned off him? And um, yeah, I, 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 this I, is the closest you've ever sounded like <laughs> Stephen Kenny. I think a lot I, of silences here. No, I think um, I think like a, a message would have been communicated to me in a way that I would very much have trusted it that Ian Ryan was was putting out of the process. Third parties would have been used to sort of communicate uh, a message in such a way that like pretty convincingly. I would have been concerned that, and I would have uh, had some concern that, yeah, this is like, is this just a, a tactic to sort of smoke bows out a bit? I was assured that that was very much not the case. Um, sort of uh, that, that, that this was very much not the case at all, that he was definitely pulled out, you know, that he completely pulled out of the process. Um but while I think there had been threats to do so, or there had been sort of talks about doing so, um, they hadn't. He hadn't maybe definitively followed through on that. But I think there was maybe. Uh, I think it suited people to have me put it out there that he dropped out. Um, I think that when you're waiting for an answer from someone and you're not getting an answer from them anywhere. Um, why was we it put suitable? it put it out put it out in the world because why was it suitable that he was because out the subsequently race? I think they did get contact and by later that evening he was back in the race uh, and in fact like was he ever really out of the race at all um, now what I would say is that like does that change that Ryan had frustrations with the the process now that was accurate <laughs> like that was accurate and it's subsequently proven to be accurate because what's happened since then. Um, but I'd be like, you know, I, I I would probably I could have if I just put if I just said on Saturday, um, you know, doubts over Ryan's status as the front runner, that would have been absolutely fine. It was just the the actual uh the sort of the the emphatic nature of saying he's pulled out, which while it was something that had been discussed and I'd been given a very strong in such a way that like, you know, I've received apologies about this. Um I was given the impression he had pulled out when he hadn't. But hey presto, he was back in, you know, and and there you go. Um Wexford played goal this is, on yeah, this this is um this is how it goes. But I mean just to clarify what's happened since then, um because then, you know, and like you get obviously get a lot of flack with this stuff. And 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 this is the mad thing about it is that like there was whatever about like uh me probably over egging or maybe just being a bit silly in terms of of maybe just not sitting on the ball a bit. Um, there was this, you know, there was this conviction that, like, no, no, uh, Ryan was never a contender, or like, this is your, you know, I mean, that's rubbish. <laughs> that's absolute rubbish because uh, you know, people, oh, there's, there's another plan here. Like, you know, uh, Alan Reynolds is a done deal, or someone's a done deal, or like, you know, no, 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 he's he's saving face and getting they'll out there. Done deal the way they're going, but um, I don't believe that was the case because I mean, you saw yesterday, um, it would have been reported that. Um, Ryan had sort of backed out or whatever, um, or he was gone from the gone from the race. As of say yesterday, like Monday, as of sort of Monday morning, it was pretty much expected that Ryan was going to be announced later in the day. 
Like I, I was in touch with you, you know this. I was speaking to you about this. I think Ryan is going to be confirmed. I think people, <clears throat> uh, you know, from all sides it was expected, but there have been reservations. Those frustrations about the process existed. If I could probably summarise it in such a way, and I think Aidan Fitzmaurice mentioned it in his piece, I'd say Ryan probably would have known that, um, Ryan probably would have known that Bowes weren't 100% sure about him, and Bowes probably weren't 100% sure about Ryan. And, Bows probably were always keeping their options open, I think, for other candidates, from my understanding as well, too, because they're probably not, they weren't 100% sure, but he was probably the preferred candidate of people who were making the decision. Um, but they could never get him, rat- it never got ratified by the broader thing, and it created this vacuum and this sort of period of limbo that meant that, meant that no decision um, it's no was made. So, so I like there is no if people are thinking now I, I sometimes I'd be here now going um, something can happen in the next 24 hours on this or the next 48 hours in this like Bowes are, are in a very tight spot here now I think this process has probably exposed a couple of things do they need a general that type of general manager direct football that's not really a decision you make overnight um, and it, it comes back basically to not being 100% sure they are about playing out the season as well like, yeah I mean, it's, they're, they're not, they're, they're not a mad rush like. they're not like and, and like I think there was stuff that Ryan as well there was contractual stuff as mm. well that I think um, that that I think would have been an issue with Ryan as well too um, and clearly, sort of, clearly like Bo's not been like Bo's clearly weren't sure about him but they were still prepared to give him the job but obviously that general unease that was created about how things even have played itself out um, wouldn't have wouldn't, they wouldn't have been um, they wouldn't have been too too chuffed about it, you know. But um, it's a funny game, like you know, this this like this the whole process of how things happen in the league now. There's all sorts of different characters involved, you know, all sorts of different individuals in the mix. Um, like you know, Ryan would be taking advice, you know. I think it'd be very well known, sort of around the league, in terms of people uh, who'd be aware of the process. That like Ryan would have Gary Rogers helping him, who's very influential person around stuff in the in the league at the moment. Um, and you will you will have all sorts of uh, players and characters, you know, representing managers, um, representing clients and candidates who will be doing their bit, you know, and, and trying to. You know, trying to sort of uh, push people in a particular position towards, uh, you know, their chosen candidates. And, you know, these people don't always declare their interests if they're appearing in other mediums. Um, but th- this type of stuff is is going on. Not saying Ian Morris should be in the frame for Bowes at all, but how much credit in the bank these days after how Watford went. And of course, um, Ian yeah. Ryan was strongly linked with the Watford job earlier this season. Um <sighs> Ian Morris, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the funny thing about the, the Bowes job for me is that I would have thought people would be, like, falling over themselves to take this job. Jobs like this don't come up in Irish football, and it looks like their preferred candidate was, with all due respect, was managing a team in the bottom half of the first division, which was, and Ian has a good reputation in the game, and uh, the, the, the Rennie thing, I, I have a lot of time for what he did here, because I think he does feel part of this dairy story, he doesn't want to abandon them at this time. Um, yeah, well, I think I, I say that, but Bose would probably feel that he would. That I think they were brought a certain bit down the road as well, Randall's too. You know what I mean? So, but I don't know. he's yeah, reached I don't that know. decision. But um, again, we'll see. I do think, by the way, like in due course, like we, we probably will hear some people who were involved in this process speak about what happened. Um, maybe 
confirm some of those versions of events that yeah. I was referring to there. The uh, I think maybe lessons form. might have been might might have been learned. Um, on Riviera, the recent slump in form for Galway United up to a few few weeks ago, we were level at Cork and looked like it would be thrilling fine in a few weeks, but all of a sudden. We have fallen off a cliff. Um, is Coffee and Series bother playoff three years in a row now? Yeah, I, I just don't really, don't really want to talk about this, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, the, I mean, at least you're not on the board anymore. Um, if they lose the playoff, I, I'd imagine um, pressure will come on. Um, CM, PP, Sean Boyd, Bucking Claxon. Yeah, sorry, Sean, it, it did happen again. Um, <laughs> Tony Magnolia referencing Rob Harvey's decisions um, on, on Sunday. I know there was dissatisfaction from the Shell's point of view around that late goal we have to acknowledge that Tony Magnolia the Rovers have the only working scoreboard in the league it's a good question as well a lot of them have dropped their commission I think the dogs has met a return uh, it was one of the things that went out with we the Americans as well that was um, <laughs> like, I don't know it was, take you know, me out to it was, the it was them <laughs> it was them and a BB um, yeah um Fergal references the FEI undermining the women's game with the schedule of the final round of the league games. That'd be the FEI, the women's FEI Cup final being on the same day. Yeah, I see this is a consequence of Rovers getting into Europe and the tight football schedule before Qatar. Could they have put the final round of the league games on a Monday or Tuesday? Would people have complained about that? They probably would. Little bit of damned if they do, damned if they don't territory, but I certainly could understand why people, you know, fans of the women's club game would be miffed. I think that's perfectly fair. Um, Nola Vel Paso after a poor four months an awful summer transfer window should Stephen O'Donnell's job be in trouble I don't think it's going to be um, they likely I, make Europe I, I don't think it will be and I, I really don't think it should be it's the, it is his first season in charge but the dog of high expectations based on recent years clearly if next season they hadn't addressed some of the issues then like people will get antsy but I also think they believe they've got a very good young manager there that, that you know there's not going to be there's not going to be issues they lost, the issues, they lost Conley see, they Con- lost Conley and it's like yeah, ever since Conley but, left there's been a massive yeah, change and I, I, and but like, I think the club decided not to commit to Conley over a longer term contract and again if they, they, they'll, they'll argue judge them on that in a year's time but I mean yeah we'll see Cotsy Casey have you read the Rodfather yet Cotsy has been on to us about this I think every week it's not Roddy in disguise surely Roddy is due on the show saying I've got my copy so I will have a read of it Um, I've certainly heard better uh, reviews than I might have anticipated Um, that's actually maybe a bit harsh but um, probably a different tone to it in parts than maybe I might have anticipated Um, so that was that was that Um, reference to the uh, Ada what the Pats need next season to win the league god yeah so that's a bit of a leap, but I mean, I suppose you have to you have to dream. I mean, if they keep hold of all their better players, um, don't know. They probably still need to do more in defence. I still think you know the Joe Redmond is obviously very good, but he might also become mm. vulnerable to uh, to interest. Maybe not. So I still would question about that. Um, Keith Murphy, aside from putting his her face in the next shirt, is there any other way of Bose making the new gaffer? Uh, feel like they're the one Bows are normally the PR masters but will do well to come out all this looking good see I, I wonder the Bows just need to take it, put their foot in the ball now and and just review what they're trying to do with this otherwise it'll be perceived to be sort of making a, a panic appointment like unless they, I mean, they, they can't go like thing is right the end will justify the means here to some respect like th- this is a bit of a circus in some ways and I said I feel sympathy for the people involved because they're genuinely doing their best um, and trying to handle it in the best manner possible they can, they've been dealt a hand which probably isn't that inspiring but they can still they can still get it right you know And but I, I it's a surprising one will they start looking at other candidates that they hadn't previously considered like do you start looking at Kevin Doherty now or 
people like that. I mean, I don't like, know why he wasn't mentioned. In the I, first I don't. Place. Yeah, no, Strange I, I think that. Um, yeah, the uh, you mentioned Ian Morris, by the way, and you, you call out that message. I think if Ian Morris hadn't had that time at Waterford, he'd probably be mm. well up the list now. But I think that was probably um, quite. Yeah, it's just, it takes a little bit of a while to recover from that. Uh, not a major thing, but I find the way that a couple of clubs' social media pages are run to be slightly embarrassing for the league, uh, says Red White. Lots of the social media work is excellent, but one or two clubs' pages appear to be operated with 12 votes. I'm not specifically sure what that's a reference to, so I don't want to pick it out, but um, I can see what you're saying. I think clubs are, are encouraged to be... Um, have a bit of a laugh and it can obviously work we've seen great examples of it going far and wide right, and so but then when they're talking about refereeing decisions and, and so mm-hmm. on maybe it's a it's a different level but um, yeah. yeah I think that's we're done with the mailbag and let's go to our guests yeah um, good time to mention the quiz winner thanks to the Porterhouse Brew the quiz winner the question last week the answer obviously was the Macmillan brothers who both played for Sligo Rovers in Europe wasn't that the question then? it um, was yeah the, the, winner, against, the, the winner, winner against Mulder the winner yeah. was Evan Kilban yeah. Like not Kevin Kilban. But you remember last week, so there was a guy called Barry Goodman, right? Yeah. So he responded on Instagram and I was like, I wonder if he relates to Larry Goodman. Well it turns out he is anyway. <laughs> Do we need to retract any of our comments? <laughs> there you go. Evan Kilban. Uh, it's just like a, a pub where the first name has yeah. fallen off. Like, it was you know, like sensible soccer back in the day when they different had spelling, of course. Do you remember that Gary Cohn? Do you remember the days of the Mega Drive and I do. Yeah, oh, they, they didn't have the they had, they had, <laughs> No wonder you can't get a big job. They had the fake names. But anyway, um, <laughs> so like this, he, on sense, it was like he wouldn't be Gary Cronin. It would be like Gally Cronin or something like that. You know, they wouldn't have. Although I, I, I imagine we could have done a reasonable rights deal for yourself, you know, to get it. I kind of wondered some of the players probably would have been okay with their rights being used. It was just Ronaldo or Mario or whatever. But um, before we move on to Gary here, we have this week's question. And I was just thinking, because we did a. a, a a Waterford-themed question on the last time they were in the FEI Cup final, which probably did a Shells one too. So the last time Shelburne were in the FEI Cup final, they had a player sent off in controversial circumstances. Can people give us the name of that player? There we go. So there we go. How are you keeping? Do you want me to give it that name now? No, please no. not. No, no. Yeah. Johnny used to Johnny used to guess live on air. And it was never yeah, a yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very controversial, uh, very controversial. What did you make? Time. A, what did you make a Sunday actually? Rovers and shells and just the whole drama of it. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love the drama. The last minute winner and yeah. Rory Gaffney's done that a few times. I remember down in Longford last year, he, he hit a volley. In the 95th minute Yeah you weren't there last No year. I wasn't God there avoided, that I was, think uh, they'd done that A few times along for last year Rovers They did it yeah. Three out of four games It actually yeah. was a very much Like Shells last year The way they won Sorry Rovers mm. last year Very much The so. way they won that On Sunday There was that sense Of inevitability like, I only watched the last 10 minutes On the airport In Germany on mm. my phone 2-1 or like mm. Mm, I'll get a point Just, but just before, you, before you come in the, the playoffs are great In a way But there's There's also Um they also have their kind of uh, the drawback of we'll say from a Galway United perspective, the, the 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 playoffs have basically been secured a long way out, but the league has kind of been gone. So you're kind of half going through the motions. It almost feels a bit like that for Longford as well. You're basically safe in the playoffs, but you're you're waiting for the that that the, the playoffs to happen, and then you have a kind of a mismatch of games in the meantime. Yeah. From we were down in Turner's Cross on the second of September. Mm. Um, it was a hell of a game, actually. A game we, we we could have won, we could have lost. But it was a it was a cracking game, and we finished two all. And I think on the same night, Wexford drew with Waterford. I think, mm. which basically meant with five games to go, we were thirteen points clear. So effectively, without being mathematically done at that stage, it would have been a bit of a, a fall or a, a collapse if we didn't. So. Mm. 
Um, we felt that obviously we had achieved playoffs by that evening and uh, so 2nd of September till the end of October and in between obviously you want to finish as high as you can but we had that gap of um, an idle weekend because of the number of teams in the league and the FEI Cup and then the international weekend mm. uh, we went three weeks without playing a game since that Cork game and then you know you become mathematically safe in between that became mathematically safe because Athlone beat Wexford and and, and and all of a sudden now you're in a situation where some of the games feel like dead rubbers, like, you know. But yeah, obviously you have to go and be professional, win them, and and, and do the best. You, you so you, you went from uh, Bray last season, obviously got knocked out in the playoffs, Longford. So you're into the playoffs. Um, what what have you made of the whole? What do you make the whole bowl situation? Just I want to ask you that because you're a young manager who wants like to go as far as you can in the league, and everyone is asking you all this, and I don't have any answers to this. And you see like. Tommy Barris, all the few young managers in the League of Ireland First Division that are, I think, very, very promising. And this Ian Ryan, this is a circus for him now going into the Wexford Galway United game. Do you know what I mean? Ian obviously wants, Dan has spoken about it, but why wasn't Kev Doherty mentioned in dispatches? Why weren't you mentioned? I, I don't know. It's it's mad to me. And I know your job is at Longford. Yeah, listen, I, I was a little bit surprised at the time when um, when when Keith departed Bowles, to be honest with why? you. Why? Uh, to be honest with you I just felt he had done so much that he would have had a little bit more credit in the bank uh, possibly yeah um, I, I would have thought he would have had the season to finish out because they were still in the FEI Cup and I thought that might have been the saver if they can win the FEI Cup but that was my own opinion my own thoughts and I, I, I'm not in the background of those but mm. that happened and when that happened there would have been a lot of interest I'd imagine um, from me personally I had a job to do at Longford I didn't in a, an application or anything like that it's a big, a big football club but I'd built a, such a big, good rapport with the group of players that I had at the start from the start of January to a point of getting them into the playoffs that I didn't want any distractions personally now I'm not saying I would have been in any, any type of running to get the ball job but um, you know my job was at Longford Town and uh, if, if if balls were interested in Gary Croner you know they would have had to come to me in that, uh, from that respect but yeah you're right there's so many good managers you know that want to be full time in the league. I think there's a there's an appetite for for um, a lot of clubs or or, or or fans and managers to have full time football in Ireland. You know beyond your Rovers and your Bowls and your De- well, um, Bowls are looking to go full time next year, obviously. So that's the industry that we want to have, and there's plenty of really really good coaches, managers that can uh, that can deliver that in Ireland. I feel, but. Yeah, it's um, it looks a bit messy at the moment. Obviously, when you're reading things on on uh, Dan's Twitter account. Well, well, yeah, exactly. If you're going through Dan's Twitter account, you know it looks a bit messy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we don't know what's going on really in the background. Um, Is there any loyalty? Like when do you remember when Neil Finn left Long to go to Cork? I just thought it's not great timing to do that. Neil Finn then um, I was just thinking of him today. Kind of you don't hear that much about him anymore, and he's so on and so forth. But Alan Reynolds purportedly has a loyalty to Derry. If it, would you feel a loyalty to Longford right now? Is there any loyalty in football where no, actually, I want to stay in this job because like I have commitments here. Well, yeah, well, look, you mean you're you're paid to do a job as your current football employer, like you know. But mm. I don't know if loyalty is the right word. You know, everybody wants to get on and and, mm. and so on. And if there's something better for for your own family and your own life, uh, that might be the direction to go. But um, yeah, and the current situation, like you you mentioned, Neil Fan back back when he took the Cork job and. It was very, very close to... Longford was still in the running to, to win the league at the time. So that would have been difficult for Neil. It would have been a really, really hard decision. Obviously, big football club in Cork City. And, mm. and um, you know, maybe 
could it have waited till the end of the season? I don't know. I mm. mean, at this stage, I think, I don't know now, but I, I'd imagine Bowles might be waiting till the end of the season. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder. I mean, it's just speaking generally, like I can understand their need to try and get someone in now because it's going to be, I think it's going to be a competitive player market this winter. Mm. And you want to get in, assess the squad. They're just an unusual situation where they have a lot of players under contract. So, manager you probably like a manager to go in and see them assess their character before you make a decision on them um but in hindsight and ingenious everyone's a hindsight in hindsight might they have got a, a a different feel at the end of the season would it been easier i can i can i can see that point i i don't know it, it might end up going that way mm. um because just you know having had a couple of knockbacks or false starts i don't see why uh this guy conan's phone is just rang now hope it's not bows um <laughs> it's actually from a, another first division manager who shall remain nameless because you're going to be talking to another one as well but but uh, just yeah just to be clear dude they might they might they might take their time but um yeah anyway we've done enough on bows johnny i think haven't we Ryan Graydon was a was a, a notable departure uh, and played a key role there for uh, actually talking to Roy Higgins the other day he was saying like the first division players he signed have done well uh, how has the season been for you um, obviously it's as I said the, 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 the playoffs have been kind of set in stone a good bit out but um, nobody would want to play long for necessarily yeah look our, our, our lads are you know they're really good side they're hard to beat and so on but um you know, we are a, a part-time side and we get the best out of players, myself, James, and uh, James Keddy and, and, and Ian Fowler. And we also have other people, obviously, staff in the background. Ian Bourne has been great for us on the performance side. But, um, yeah, it's yeah we're a good side. I wouldn't imagine any of the clubs want to play us. But likewise, whoever we play is going to be very, very difficult as well. Mm. Like, you know, it's probably, you don't know, if, if Waterford win the last game of the season, it's probably going to be Galway. So, but it's been a competitive force division, to say the least. It's very rare you see a force division, particularly a nine-team league, that has three full-time teams in it. Yeah. But straight away from the off, you sort of go, we want to win the league. Of course, everybody will say that. You know, everybody as far as probably Cove would have said that. But, you know, realistically, the playoffs is probably our, 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 our That's really our goal. Yeah. Warford have not... Pats away in the dock of the cup, like yeah. you yeah. And uh, just going back to like yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's like Ireland starting a group, but you know Netherlands and France or something. You know, mm. you're starting off feeling great. But just before we, because um, we're not necessarily going to get time to do a huge amount on the FEI Cup semi-finals mm. this weekend. Just the nat- you know, the, the way the nature of the show this week. But I mean, you're actually very well placed, more so than a lot of our listeners who might just watch Premier Division stuff mm. to, to 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 say what we can expect this weekend. Like, what's your thoughts on? Treaty going up to Derry and Waterford um, at home to Shell. It's clear one has a better chance than the other, but do you think both of them are capable of being competitive? 100%. Treaty will be competitive regardless of the result. Um, I don't think Derry are going to walk off that pitch um, after an easy game. Whatever way the, the, the game goes. I, I met, we played Treaty there on the 24th there recently and um, I mentioned to Tommy, I said, you need to look back in the 1990 Cup, FAI Cup semi-final. Where Bowles played St. Francis and Johnny Murphy scored a winner for St. Francis in it. He picked you up at a taxi one day. Yeah. He's a good friend of the family. And I said, look at that, look at that game and that looks boy. Yeah, it can be it can be done. But the expectation that Derry will get through, I, I, I would believe that as well. But you know, I've played I've played against Treaty four times this year and haven't beaten them. You know, they're a hard team to break down. You know, we drew them three times and they beat us. So I don't know if yeah. Tommy's gotten the credits that he deserves because like they they have they're limited in terms of like it I, I think there's an argument that if you're in the East Coast generally it's a little bit easier to get players. He's kind of been, you know, trying to get like players from Galway, players from like the, the West in general and maybe a little bit down to Cork, but uh comfortably in the playoffs. 
yeah Tommy's done an excellent job and mm. he'll will do that every year like you know we all work hard to try and get players you know we're all working within limited resources it's it's different like you're paying them next to nothing yeah a lot, a lot of the players get paid next to nothing mm. yeah and you have to try and uh, you know build success on something other than finances mm. um, and a lot of them come in obviously with a, the hope of using that as a spring, springboard to come on uh, the next step in their own careers uh, which will obviously be the case on, on part time football but Look, I mean, it's 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 a really really good achievement for Tommy. He's had to achieve achieving playoffs um, mm. two years on the bounce down there. And l- like I said, obviously I did it with Bray last two years. And Why did you leave Bray? Bray were taken over by uh, Kevin Tilly, so well, it was a merger. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, and look, yeah, Pat Pat Devlin was the man the man in charge, so th- that's ultimately it. Was was there regrets there? Because like, um, obviously, it was at the the game against Galway in the playoffs last season where you won and were fairly reasonably close to getting promoted and then obviously as you mentioned there was a, there was upheaval yeah look the, the the disappointing part for me on that process was that we had beaten Galway 1-0 we had you know a really really good side Brian Maher was in goal for us Brandon Cavan scored a wonder goal that day and Ryan Graydon was excellent that day as well and the three of them were on the, on the brink of Going to Derry. Yeah. Well, they're in Derry, they're, <laughs> you know, FAI Cup and possibly League, who knows, um, which is great for them. But that particular night, it was elation for the guys. Like, you know, it was brilliant. And then the next morning it broke out that the merger was coming. Now, I had known before that. This known is the morning that. after. The yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the players didn't were unaware that Bray Wonders weren't going to be any further, really, the, 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 as it was. That was that was a difficult one to deal with because I had to deal with that on, on, on the build-up to the final. Um but yeah, it, it just that's just hap- that happens in football, you know. Nothing I could do about it out of, out of my control. All I could do was focus on the next game, and unfortunately, um, it didn't go away. Obviously, in the final, UCD people was two 0 and that was the end of it. It's funny, like in the league, how often it happens. It's maybe a nature of the. I mean, that's a very unusual, sort of like circumstance. But when I mean, you think a couple of years back, a very different type of circumstance, almost the other way around. But like you know, Shane Keegan was clearly leaving Wexford and going to Galway and he's in the playoff and the nature of the league the short term contracts the lack of stability that's there for a lot of people often means that at the end of the season you have all this stuff like the cup final last year and, and you like you've all these things going on at the end of the year like it, it really is like it, it just shows how the end of the season and the climax of the season can be so vulnerable to like yeah. alternative factors doesn't it there's no longevity in the whole employment part of it you know it's like most of the clubs I, I, I would obviously take Rovers and Derry out that maybe Dundalk they're, they're going year to year so you set up your stall at the start of or the end of December into January mm. and everybody that's involved whether it's you know management or players most of the time they don't know if they're going to be at that club beyond the following year that, mm. the, 12 months later will it be here or not nobody knows Um but that's a longer conversation in relation to where do we go on that? Is that mm. investment from government? Is that a, a you know investment from the people around the club? Is it the FEI or maybe it's a, an accumulation of all that need to do better and and um, mm. improve facilities, improve the whole lot, improve the environment? And there's so many players and so many managers, so many coaches that would would love to have a full time environment of football, but 
the security is, is, is just not there. The is there uh, Johnny, you could have interrupted my train of thought. I hadn't got your uh, prediction on the other semi final. We'll talk about Treaty and Derry. And I know, I mean, Waterford could be rivals of yours come the end of the season, so you're not going to be yeah. uh, speaking too much about them. But can you see them having the attributes to really trouble Shells? Yeah. Um, they will trouble Shells, no, no, and obviously Shells will, 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 will do the same. That's a, For me, that's a much tighter affair. Mm. And uh, I, I would feel a flick of a coin, to be honest with you. That's like. I don't want to mention names, but I have to mention Phoenix Patterson. He's 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 an unbelievable player. We played him against. Him How was he playing in the first division? I mean, it's nearly unfair. <laughs> <laughs> but the title. I mean, he was under contract at the start of the season, right? I think. I mean, they had some good players that they brought in, and that they were able to retain or had retained. Yeah. You know, so uh, he's just listen. Like other players, he, he's he's had a really good season. But at the same time, like we've played against them. We've beaten Waterford this year. We've drilled them down there. And beating them down there, and uh, they've picked us in our place. But he's just a good player. But they, they've they've other really really talented players, like, you know. And Great balls around the place, like yeah. And mm. and you know, they're, they're they're a solid team, and they're on a good run at the moment. So shells won't have it easy. And I don't listen. I was talking to Damien recently. He knows he won't have it easy. He's I seen him down at the break game. I was down there myself where they were playing uh, playing Waterford, and no doubt both both managers will have done their homework. So I I can see that to be a a cracking affair just that before uh, we're going to go to Colin Healy but before that I'm just thinking of your own career your managerial influences like when you in, in your in your managerial life now who are the managers you worked under that you think about when you're when you're doing I'm just thinking you've got James Caddy there Paul Doolan you know yeah. the whole, that whole sort of <laughs> link there do you have a bit of Dooley in you or is it is it sort of a, who are the, the people that you, you would sort of think about as the big influences in your style. Paul, Paul would be a big one in relation to um, uh, myself and James had played for Paul and um, a lot of the stories we refer back to and what happened in the past and how games are won as Paul comes up and a lot of the stories Paul Dillon does have a huge amount of respect for Paul. A lot of the stuff I learned about football would have came from Paul. He was, he was so driven and detailed in the football that uh, sometimes it nearly be too much for players like you know but um, I learned a hell of a lot from Paul in relation to uh, the game and the detail of the game and then some some detail that I never knew existed when I was mm. a player so um, James, James would be the same on that like you know any player that's played from would know that but at the same time there was there was other parts of it whether you know I'd have a, a different management style like you know I'd be very very much in um I don't know on the on, on the softer skill side. Mm. You know, I believe there's there's life outside football that we need to understand as football managers to get the best out of our players. And if you want your player to be 100 percent focused on the games, I think you need to understand that there's other stuff going on, and you have to be sort of empathised towards that. Yeah. Without without being too soft, obviously, there's mm. no you, some players may take the balance. A, yeah, yeah, may take advantage of that, and you need to nail that as well. So, but yeah, Paul would come up a lot. Like you know, but I'd I'd have a lot of. Um, a lot of gratitude towards Tony Cousins when I uh, played under him. I did for as a player coach, you know, sort of the end of my career. That's not where Tony got the best out of me or vice versa. It was when we came together and worked together as uh, him as the manager and me as the assistant. And um, he, 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 he was brilliant. Yeah, he, he was excellent for me, you know. Okay, well, listen, let's, let's go to Cork and another, another first division manager. Colin Healy, how are you getting on? Not too bad, Johnny, yourself? Not too bad. I, I believe uh, one of the people calling you to congratulate you and probably do some scouting on the playoff opposition was Gary Cronin on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, listen, as I said, yeah, Gary Cronin, yeah, listen, I've fair play to him. 
and um, yeah so oh, Gary how are you how's things not bad Carl I was, I was more jealous than anything else obviously and envious of the position that you're in you know I, I was hoping that you'd be more hungover but he seemed to have his wits about him <laughs> well done Carl congratulations yeah. on the title Thanks very much. Thanks very much. What was the the mood like in Turner's Cross on on Friday, Colin? Because I've seen the pictures and they're incredible. Um, you know, great shots of sort of Keen Coleman and the real sense of celebration. But clearly, you look at the results. It was a nil all draw. The Galway Athlone game was sort of ever changing. Um, what was your sense on the sideline? How were you actually feeling during the match? Was it a sort of a tense one, or, or what was your sort of uh, your general mood during it? Um, no, listen, we knew there was a big crowd coming in. You know, as I said, the game was delayed by 10 or 15 minutes, so we knew there was a big crowd coming in. So um, yeah, we knew it was, it, it was a really, really important game. Listen, um, as Gary would tell you, Wexford are a very, very good side, you know, so um, we knew we would be in for a tough game. Um, we just focused on ourselves. Listen, I was suspended for that game, so... Of course, sorry, I was yeah. on the I wasn't on the touchline, so... Um, yeah, so it was, it was, listen, it was, it was a great occasion for us. Um, obviously the result went for us up in Galway and probably we had that probably 10 minute delay knowing then obviously we could just see out the game and you know just really don't concede and, and we did that and as I said when the fans ran on the pitch and celebrations um, they, they, they were great and it's, it, was, um, it was great to get the job done so I'm just thinking of course so you're up in the stands so then you're, you're completely aware of the Galway at loan score I presume people are people have to tell yeah, you no, yeah. Yeah. yeah I was up the gantry I was up the gantry obviously looking, looking down it's just where the lads record the games and you know they're telling us listen yeah there's another goal but you hear it with the fans listen the fans be, could be roaring there after the 80th minute and something you think something's going on in the other games so um, and I think the players knew that as well. So probably the last probably seven or eight minutes in our game was probably important that we just see out the game and, you know, we just, a draw would have just, uh, uh, was, was enough to get, as you said, to, to, to go and win the league. Just Colin, I was listening to a couple of interviews you did after Friday and I think I was struck in one of them, you spoke about how it just transpired that you were you were in charge when the club was officially relegated um, and almost how you felt there was a sense of, now, you wanted to take the club back you know you'd been through that difficult moment like how is that sense of elation or that I don't know what's the, how would you describe your emotions when you've done it is it relief uh, exhilaration like what are you feeling when you've actually executed that task knowing what the club means to people there yeah no it wasn't you know um, I was in probably for the last four or five games of, of, of that season um, and obviously it wasn't my team but I had a lot of academy players in the squad um, obviously, it went down, and you know I was the manager at that time, and it it, it did it, it it hurt me, and you know probably hurt a lot of people connected with the club as well. So I was delighted I got the opportunity to you know to sign a two year contract, and probably the the plan was to see if we can get up in the two years. Um, the first year was difficult. It was you know we had a lot of younger lads, and um, the second year was probably you know the the club got stronger. They, they got stronger and financially we were probably in a better position and you know we could attract um you know like the players of, of Kevin O'Connor and Ali Gilchrist and, and Keats and so we had a small bit more experienced going in with the younger lads and you know we, we, we had a very very good season but so I'm delighted that we did it in two years and you know that we're back in the, in the, in the Premier League. You mentioned you signed a two-year contract what uh, are you under contract for next season as it stands or is there discussions to be had there? We're still talking away. We're still talking away. So, um, well, hopefully, we can get that done in, in, over the next few weeks. You'd obviously hope to stay 
Yeah, no, listen, yeah, yeah, listen, I, 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 I love it down here. You know, it's, 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 um, you know, I've had good times in the academy, and you know, it's, um, it's a fantastic club. Uh, you can see with the fans that we have down here, and it's, it's a great place to play your football. And um, so I'm just, I'm still learning. Like, you know, mm. listen, this is um, probably my second year in as, as, as a manager. I'm still learning all the time, and you know, I do make mistakes, and, um, you know, it's, it's, but. I love it. I love. I love the football. I love the coaching, and I love everything that goes with it. Like so, um, hopefully, I will be here next year. And listen, it'll be a different. It'll be a different league next year. You know, it's um, it'll be very, very difficult for us. But it's um, probably one that we we all look forward to. Do you relate to what he's saying there in terms of learning on the job? Oh, hundred mm. percent. Yeah, so I, I'm sort of similar to Colin. I took over Brayside. That was pretty much relegated there, and uh, change of ownership. And the whole idea was to try and uh, stabilize the club the, the following year, but. I made loads of mistakes before. I still make mistakes. We don't. We make mistakes every. Yeah. You know that's yeah. just you learn. You just hope you don't make too many. That's going to cost you points and results. Um. But yeah, I I didn't qualify for playoffs in year one. Now there was less pl- slots, but um. And I had like Sir Paul Keegan and 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 so on. But I didn't build a, a big enough squad. I, I right. was focused on the eleven, um. Which obviously I learned that the hard way. Um. But yeah, the following year obviously came close to winning the league and. And then got playoffs last year, and uh, I've took all that experience to Longford, and um, and 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 brought us out to the playoffs this year. But yeah, like it's 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 a di- it's a difficult job, it's a stressful job, and um, yeah, you do you, you learn on the job. There's, there's there's no sort of um, course mm-hmm. or sort of any education that will give you the um, what to do in the heat of the moment when you're nil all uh, five minutes away from in the league. No course will teach you that. Like, what have you made a Cork City? They're the best team in the league, and that's saying that I said that um, to to my own players because they've won the most games, they've um, they've lost the least amount, they've conceded the least amount of goals. I think Water might have scored a couple of goals more than them, so they've only lost three games out of a thirty-two season. Now I know they've two games to go, but you know they've won the most games, so they uh, deserve to win the league. And I think we've played each other four times, and 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 again I haven't I haven't beaten Cork. We've had. Hell of games, I have to say. We've played some of our best football against Cork, and we drew with them three times. And we've had a game down in Turners Cross that they beat us. Um, was probably I think Colin would agree a lot tighter than the scoring suggested, but um, really, really difficult games. But yeah, the the best team in the league by far this season because um, they they've won the most games and they're well deserved. Just just, just kind of did you did you kind of um, get a bit nervous towards the end, like because your last I don't know seven or eight games, you, you, your your results weren't actually that great. But obviously, going United couldn't really capitalize. Was there a bit of an experience there, maybe just to get over the line, or a bit of worries the closer you got to it? I suppose. Um. No, I, no, I didn't like. Um, well, not not really. I mean, listen, there's just tough games in the in the in the first division. Mm. There is, um, as I said, we when we played, you know, Longford down, you know, when we it was the two each, Gary, wasn't it? Two it was, each, it, was yeah. it was a tough game, and you know, probably, you know, it's and I thought obviously thought on the night Longford were the better side in us, you know, um, you know, probably we were we were happy with the draw, um, and then, you know, we we go up to Waterford, you know, we had a good we had a good victory up in Waterford. And um, beating against Galway, like so, we were up and down. And um, I suppose when you're getting there, I mean, there would be a lot of pressure, pressure on you, pressure on the players. That you know, are you going to get it done when you drop points against Galway? Then we don't have a game for three weeks. Things can get difficult, you know. So, um, no, as I said, is we're delighted to get it over the line. Um, and as I said, listen, the players have been fantastic, and it's it's all credit to them. 
the, the one thing that I don't know if I was talking to you since the Galway United game down there I could not get over the, the atmosphere in Turner's Cross like it was there was nothing in the Premier Division this year to compare to it and that must have lifted you bits as well like um, particularly towards the end of the season when you just see the crowd and the noise and how much it means to people no it is it is and you know like players want to play in front of big crowds and we have that down here you know even the other night when the game is delayed 10-15 minutes you know you know there's a big crowd coming in like so there is it's um it's a special place to play your football um, and you know players want to play in big in big crowds and they have it down here in Cork and it's 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 great for everybody it's great for the league of Ireland you know it's, uh, you you want to see you want to see the people coming out supporting the teams and and it's um it's been fantastic. So like the the challenge now and I think you you reflect on this as well like the 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 standards uh you know rise next season is is big um how do you prepare? Like we always prepare for easiness, go and get some players in, and yeah. you know, just um, yeah. But it is, it's, it's you're you're going up another level. You are, you know. But it's um, it's a challenge for myself as as a manager and and for our coaches and you know and and for the younger players that will you know that will be with us next year. Um, obviously we need to freshen things up as well. So um, yeah, it will be it will be it will be a challenge, but. You know, as as coaches, managers, we, we we like the challenge and we we look forward to it. Can I ask you on that, guys? What's what's like? There's all, all we have that chat in the the Premier Division about the young managers coming along. What was it like in the First Division? You've John Coffey, Danny Searle, yourself, uh, Tommy Barris, Ian Ryan, uh, to name about five or six, and you're doing your analysis, you're doing your prep. Like, what's it like down there? Colin Healy, obviously, as well. Yeah. Um, what's the question? What's the standard of coaching like? Do you think in the first division, the standard young man just coming through? Well, it's funny when you've asked that question to Colin. You're going, "How do you prepare?" I know Colin's going to prepare the very same way in mm-hmm. relation to you. Know, you don't drop your standards because you're in the first division. You keep your standards as high as you can possibly get them. He'll uh, he'll try and like me. We'll try and improve. We'll try and learn from last year. We'll try and do do things differently if they have to be done differently. Uh, obviously, Colin has a, a higher standard to to come up against next year. But the standards are. By, by all the managers I'd imagine but I know I can speak myself personally it's you don't drop your standards just because you're managing in the fourth division mm. um, so yeah you do your analysis as you, as you mentioned um, you, you know you treat the players in the way that you're playing Barcelona every week you know you have to really really get the maximum performance out of players so whatever techniques and methods that each manager has is their own but I don't think uh, at this level managers go into a job and, and, and hoping that it's going to be easy and that they don't have to do much you know we we, we want to progress as well we like Colin there's had success this year you know I'm the same I, I, you want success every year we, we have our own ambitions as as, as people so um, yeah if we can improve each year and you know you leave no stone unturned like you know this year for example ourselves like you know at the start of the year you're limited on resources you know mm-hmm. and you're trying to pull in people you know, not for, not for financial reward to, to really help you that they might gain and so on. And mm. I've sort of done that this year with a, 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 a um, with our performance coach, with Ian Bourne. It's been brilliant for the players to get those extra couple of percent out of them. Um, and that's part of our job. You really, really want to, you know, push on and, and, and yeah, you just don't drop your standards. Just calling on the, the go back to the recruitment thing for, for next season. And I mean, you're, you're a full time club this year you're able to bring players down to Cork, you know, as a full-time club to live there, you know, sort of, you know, you've had Aaron Bulger and Gilchrist and there's other players. Um, but you're, you're going into an arena next year where pretty much everyone's going to be full-time, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe one one club might be a, an exception or two. Um, 
and suddenly you're going to be competing for a Premier Division calibre of player. Uh, Cork have had financial difficulties in, in the recent past, like, but clearly you want to be competitive too. I mean, how do you how do you assess how difficult it might be to compete in the market this winter to get the balance right between, you know, being able to really compete, but also keeping an eye on just sort of making sure that the club remains stable, which is something obviously you're very you're very passionate about. Oh, I think it's um, I think the big one there is I think it's your recruitment. I think I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think it's you, you know the coaches having good coaches and managers. Yeah, great. But it's I think it's 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 more about the the players that you have. It's um, at the end of the day, it's the players go on the pitch, um, and that's what I found. That's what I found this year. We brought in some very very good players, um, and they've helped us to get to the level that we we were at. Um, when you're going back to your point that. Um, you're playing against other full-time teams, and listen, it's that's what it is. Um, like you look at, and you know, um, Gary, there is that. Like you know, you're, you're part-time Gary, aren't you? Yeah. So I mean, they played us the other night, and when when you played us the other night, you would know who was the full-time team, the mm. part-time team. It's just sometimes that I just don't really look at that. Do you get me? So mm. when you're playing full time with the the Shamrock Rovers, I don't think I don't think that's going to matter. I think in that the lads will train three, four nights a week. We do that the same, don't we? We do it down here three or four days in the week. It's, we just don't. We, it's just we've got to be careful that you don't do too much either. Like, so it's just mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about what you're talking yeah I guess it's more so though the element of like you know if you're trying to get players accommodation and to live there there's a few extra costs that sometimes clubs like yeah, we, as, have, as, we, have, we have we have houses and we have houses and all that kind of stuff we've had that down through the years and all that kind of stuff it's um, I did find it difficult getting players to Cork when we were in the first division mm. I did and you know a lot of players wanted to play in the Premier even getting players from England on loan first division they wanted to play in the Premier so um, I did find that difficult and um, um, that's their opinion they want to play at a higher level I can't do anything about that um, that might be a different conversation now over the next few months I, I don't know Like so it's I would say Cork is a very good place to play your football um, a lot of players from Cork come up to our academy and all that they go on and listen they go on to, to go and play in England and it's um, it's a very attractive place to play your football this is a, this is actually to the two E. How hard is it to tell a player at the end of the season, I don't want you for next season? Starting with you, Gary. And it's obviously Colin's going to have to have that. I was going to say, level. do you want to start with Colin on that one? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, hate, I'd hate to have to have that conversation. Like, yeah. But that's such is the game. Like. That's it. There's, uh, that's, that, that's part of the job. And there's certain things that aren't, uh, that aren't particularly nice. You How know? do you say it? You just have to, you try and keep the for me. I, you try and keep the conversation as short as possible and don't drag it on. That's it. Like you know. So if you really don't want somebody, you've got to be honest and say, listen, it's not for me this uh, next year. And and, and you yeah, I presume you've had experience of being released yourself. Have you as a player? Were you generally retained? <laughs> Thanks, Dan. No, but that's, <laughs> it's, Colin Healy never did. I know that Colin has been has been through stuff like that. But I presume, I mean, this league, everyone at some stage has probably not been retained. You know. I remember uh, 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 two thousand and three. Uh, um, Paul Doolan took over Drogheda from Harry yeah. McHugh and, and we sort of stayed up in the last couple of, as Colin mentioned we were a part time team but we were training like a full time team and I scored a few goals and I was expecting to stay and I got to brought into the office and yeah, you know guys I'm not going to keep you next year was, was it Doolo? yeah it was yeah. Paul I was devastated I, I was and walked out and said look I'm, I'm off and then uh, you know I had the Dublin City were on and, and so on and it was, looked like I might go there and and then the, I was in work in work one morning the phone rang and it was Paul Doolan I said what's Paul want and Paul said um, 
how you guys are here. I've already made a mistake. I want you to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so that helped in me negotiations, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, same question to you, Colin. No, listen, it's just, it's, it, it's a difficult one. Um, I've had it over the years when I was playing, as I said, I was let go of clubs and listen, it, 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 it can be hard to take, but it's, it's, it's part, it's part of the job. It's, it's a coach and manager is that you're making a decision on, on the team. It's not about the individual, the player or anything like that. As I said, every player that comes in here, they're all treated with respect and they have respect for every single player there and they get on with the whole lot of them. But if it's, if it's, if they're not playing, um, and they're not, you know, adding to the team. Then listen, I just don't think sometimes that they're better off going elsewhere and going playing games. You know, mm. there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it. It's just probably it's. I find it, you know, it's, it can it can be it can be difficult. It can be difficult mm. in in certain situations. But um, if a player's not playing, um, and listen, if they want to go elsewhere, then it, it, it's an easier conversation. It is you know, the most important thing. Players are playing. I mean, you know what? If the players aren't playing, then obviously they they they, sh- they shouldn't be around. Like, um, f- final question. So I think for you, um, you're probably very well versed to call this. We have four teams going into the playoffs, um, and it looks open. How how do you think it'll go and the, uh, assess their relative strengths and weaknesses? I suppose. I'm sitting here, Colin. That's for you. That's for you. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's uh, listen the playoffs. Um, yeah, um, there's some good teams in it. Um, yeah, I think Waterford are very strong at the moment. Mm. Very strong. Um, yeah, Galway are probably obviously they're they're not going too well at the moment. Um, listen, I know what Longford are about. Longford are a very very good team. Um, Treaty, they're they're all coming into form. They probably the form team at the at the, mo- at the moment is probably Waterford. Mm. I'd say Waterford would be the, would be the strongest ones there. But listen, in the playoffs, anything can happen. Well, listen, enjoy enjoy the off-season and uh, the rest of the season as well. And brilliant to have you on again. No problem at all. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. See you later on. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was Colin Healy. And um, yeah, they, yeah, I guess briefly, guys, they had to be back in the Premier Division. I mean, it was just, you're down there. This is to totally fish out of water when you see 7,000 people at a game, one club city, so on and so forth. I was loved as a player and a, mm. and a coach going down to Turner's Cross, mm. you know. And um, the last game we had down there, we, we were excellent on the on the day and then finished two all. And the it was electric. And mm. I, an interview afterwards, I was asked, you know, about the result about us going close to playoffs. And I mentioned Cork. I said, look, it's a, it's a step close for Cork. And I actually said, I hope to get back into the Premier because I think it's a club that needs to be in Premier. Uh, like yeah, I, I mean, uh, I've been at games. Uh, That's as a neutral now, not as a yeah. Like no, yeah, yeah, of course. Like no club from Munster being in the Premier Division is just not good for the the game in the country here. And I think it it leads to a more balanced Premier Division in some respects geographically next oh, so year. Got it, got to get you before you go. This is the the hot topic of debate we had. Just the, the Shamrock European experience just falling a bit flat. Like it just fell. I thought this is going to be great, and I I was on to Rovers fans in fairness last week that were like. They were gutted because they paid money to go over there as well. And what did you make of it? Um, Given another nuanced answer. Well, here. no, I, I fell asleep in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the, it, it, the game—you could just tell the game was over. But having said that, as a as a as as a manager, I totally understand where Stephen Bradley is coming from. Yeah. And I just think, you know, people want to see success now. They're thinking ahead and, and Rovers have done that for the last while they have a longevity plan here and uh, 
I think they'll be back. The most important thing is that they're back in it again next year to go again and learn from what they've done this year. I'd say like it's it's a it's a tough one. I'd say for players though to still swallow they they understand it. But I suppose you imagine someone like Jack Byrne going to Norway and not playing a single minute in a game that you know it's on BT Sport. It's you know these games are different games. Like they're being watched sort of. There, there will be different countries in the world watching this match and, and that's the thing for me like you want to show the best of yourself but you can't but you understand the reasons why but there's still got to be a like I heard Shane Keegan speaking about it that when the dark were in the 2020 the last time I mean, their priority was the, the European game oh yeah they didn't care about the league yeah, games. in yeah. fact actually sorry we did have Kevin Mullen send us a question I meant to get it to you yeah. who wants Johnny Ward to revisit his prediction from 2020 on how many points all the other clubs in the League of Ireland would have taken I, th- I, th- I, I think I think you're I think uh, paraphrasing what I said there but uh, no I think in 2020 you said that everyone else would have done better than the dog even though they lost 4-3 away to Rapid Vienna and like gave it a run they scored 8 goals they got 8 goals and it's like Rovers can can barely create a chance at the moment you're like Jesus Dundalk really didn't do badly and they were a mess off the pitch there was, um, but that's the point. Like, they still won the cup final that year. I mean, they like, the dog, um, the dog, like the dog's best eleven at that year was still very good. They just yeah. completely imploded as a club. Um, we're nearly done, but the, the, you're where are you for long term going forward? Like, would you like? Um, I guess you're on a kind of a rolling contract with Longford or uh, as a young. Johnny's manager. trying to get you into speculation. Oh, yeah, here. No, yeah. I, I just, I just, <laughs> but the, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like. Being a full-time manager is completely different. And yeah. you, you haven't had that chance yet, one way or the other. No, look, uh, I, listen, the, the club notice as well. My mm. ambition is to, to, to be a, a, in, a, in a full-time environment where you're going in on the pitch every day and um, and have players that have no other thoughts or commitments other than their football career. Like you know, mm. So uh, I was there as a young player, a senior environment, and um, we've... Uh, Colin's made a good point there. As a, as a part-time player... It's it's what time of the day do you train at? Like you know, mm. being involved in clubs where we're training five days out of seven, so effectively you're full time, you know. But you still have the other commitments of your day job. But um, yeah, look, I, I don't want to be a football manager till I'm seventy. What what age you, you know? Forty three. So you're like, but it's one of these things. If if say after Longford or whatever, like there's not necessarily an obvious path next. Then it's like, well, am I going to be? Because part time management is tough. Yeah, it's a tough gig, but. Look, and and the league isn't that big. Like, you know, mm. it's not like there's eighty clubs in League of Ireland where there's 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 lo- loads of options. But look, we'll see what happens. Obviously, results will determine towards the end of the season where clubs are going to be, and you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, but it'll be an ambition of mine to be involved in the. A big full-time club, yeah. Rovers are back in action Thursday. The Premier Division, St Patrick's Bohemians, um, on Friday. Friday. Finn Harps play Dundalk. Uh, again, there could be a few few twists and turns in the um, the race for uh, third place and Drogheda playing uh, Shamrock Rovers um, on Sunday yeah you have Derry Treaty of course on Sunday is the early game 2 o'clock and Watford Shells 4.45 it's a bit of a shame Liverpool Man City's on, on on Sunday in terms of the context of that cup semi-final day but there we go first division Bray and Cove Ramblers <laughs> at Lone Town against Cork, Cork City Wexford Galway Westford against Galway which uh, you've mentioned it once or twice um, yeah that'll there'll be a, that'll be an intriguing game Interesting, Dan. Or, or, or maybe it won't. There's literally nothing riding on it, so it won't be interesting at all. There's, I wouldn't say there's nothing riding on it. I think you we know we have to win. To I think we, you, need, you need a win just to, to finish the well, position. You also need it, like going United's form, apart from that Cork City kind of black uh, sheep event or whatever you want to call it, hasn't been great, and losing to that loan 
is is bad. So you're at least looking to get wins back in the board. But they were going to the dressing room and all the players know that he nearly had the balls. But you don't want to be talking too much about. Uh, I think players would understand that. I I don't mm. think you want to be talking too much about finishing position like too much because then it's sort of like are you insulting treaty in a certain way? You know, it's like a team Just talks about start winning games. You want to be second? You know, it's like. Whoa. Mm. Like like they are, you know, they're going to be they're going to be good playoffs. You could be playing Go United three times in a row. Well, if I think it's if, possible, I think I think Waterford have the goal difference. Mm. Um, there's three points in it. Waterford have one more game left. I think it's at at home to Athlone. Mm. If they win that, it's likely, it's most likely that we'll have Galway three times in a week. Then, mm. Mm. well, best of luck in uh, the playoffs, and uh, thanks a million for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me as you um, you can ring Tommy Barrett back there over there um, that was, uh, there's that no was, secrets in this show no um, do you get on well first few managers in general yeah I do yeah. Yeah. like I mean it's, it's, uh, it's we, we all have uh, uh, stuff in common you know so mo- most of the time yeah we, we, we get on well enough like, what know, did you manage against Dudan last year then yeah it was just oh, that was, that we was, lost one nil yeah. oh god yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah definitely yeah got one over on me there how right? was the post-match handshake it was like it was great it was a hug oh it was strange to get a hug up he's mellow <laughs> did you did you uh, this is a genuine last question do you think Colin will go far in the game Colin Healy yeah, he's he's very passionate about it, like, mm. you know. So yeah, and I know he has ambition. Funny, he's serving suspension at the moment. He got suspended after our game after the two all draw. You know where they had that drive, obviously to to try and get the three points. Um, what do you get banned for then? I, I just think minor discretion. But I think both of us had grievances over the, over yeah. some of the decisions. Which when it gets hot and bothered at that stage, you know, and mm. obviously we're, we're going for playoffs and they're going for the league and. Um, yeah, but I know Colin has a bright future in the game without a shadow of a doubt. That was in association with Future Ticketing, the Porterhouse Brewery and Collar and Cuff. Uh, thanks to our sponsors as ever. And uh, we'll know who's in the cup final this time next week. 